Alright. <sighs> Welcome to Jeff in Motion. Lazy Monday Morning Edition. Um, first thing on the agenda is apologies for Friday's episode where I was very sleepy and mildly incoherent towards the end. Um, second thing on the agenda is this release schedule for the next two weeks are going to be a little strange because for the first time in a long time I'm taking off seven consecutive days of work. So your second episode of Jeff in Motion this week will come out on Wednesday. And then you won't get another episode until Thursday the following week. And then a second one on Friday. So the schedule for the next two weeks is today, Wednesday, the next Thursday, then Friday. So... That's the plan, anyway. We'll see if, uh... We'll see if I don't find myself recording something during vacation. I doubt it, but who knows. Now... Let me see. I've got all kinds of things on my list that I would like to get to. I may need to stop for gas during the recording of this. I'm not positive. We shall see. We shall see. Mm. Okay. I covered a couple of these things in an episode of the Popular Outcast podcast that will be releasing early September? No, late September. Um... We've got six episodes, so a month and a half on deck for Popular Outcast. So it's convenient for us. That means we can record it with a more relaxed schedule. But it also means that uh, there might be some time dilation to when things are topical and whatnot. But whatever. The majority of our listeners don't know us, so... It's fine, it's fine. Mm. But this is the topic that is covered to an extent in that episode that's going to air in late September. But basically the topic is I'm not sure how people are friends with me, especially lately. I've talked on this podcast before how... When things frustrate me, I like to cut them out of my life. As soon as something becomes not fun, becomes frustrating, becomes difficult in an unnecessary way, I'm done. I don't like, I just, fuck it. I don't need that stress. But a a unique phenomenon has occurred where I'm experiencing such frustration and stress in something that I do not want to cut out. 
i.e. podcasting and certain friends involved in podcasting. Which is creating a lot of dissonance and stress that I don't enjoy having and I have not prepared myself to handle the way I've lived life up until this point is just like, fuck it, done, don't need that stress, gone, which I highly recommend, honestly, because just don't fucking internalize, because being fucking stressed out all the time sucks a lot, sucks ass, I hate it. But anyway... So what happens is I'll get frustrated about something or I'll be stressed out and I believe Bill said that I overreact to things, which he's not wrong. And it's simply because I'm not used to having to react to something. I'm used to just being like, fuck it, I'm out, whatever. But I also cannot not do anything about it. I have to be active in a solution in my mind anyway. So, like, I can't have something that's stressing me out or frustrating me and not do anything about it. I can't just hope it goes away. That doesn't work for me that I need to be active in finding a solution to something. And previously that solution had been, fuck it, I'm out, peace, screw you guys, I'm going home. And that is a solution. It's not a resolution, but it is a solution. The stress is gone. Goodbye. But now I'm in a situation where I'm super stressed out about things, and I don't have, I have not given myself the mental tools to process them, to process this stress. So I end up, when little things become big things for me, especially recently, and it's generally due to just the underlying level of frustration I have, and I have not seen, I have not seen a resolution to a lot of the little things. So it gets to a point where I can take so much stress and frustration, but like everyone, I have a certain level of tolerance and that bucket that says frustration on it is filled to the tippy top and as soon as something else is put in, it overflows and I freak out. And once I see some resolution to some of the existing stress, you know, they pour a little bit of frustration out of that said frustration bucket. But right now, I haven't seen that resolution. So, my fuse has become immeasurably short. And as soon as something frustrates me, even a little, I tend to freak out on literally my best friends. And there's the thing. I have to be immensely comfortable with you to freak out on you. Because I know that, or I hope, that you know where I'm coming from. But there's the thing. The more full that bucket gets, 
the less well I need to know you to freak out on you. But I still, I don't like to lose my cool on people. And this is also exacerbated by the uh, communicating mainly via text because I tend to uh, use, I've stated before that I tend to use hyperbole to uh, punctuate a point I'm making, which is often seen as me being more angry than I am. And then I get upset because I'm like, you thought I actually meant that? And it's a real, it's a real circle of, that I can't seem to get out of. And if anyone, and I also have a very argumentative mindset, if someone tells me I'm wrong, I tend to uh, dig my heels into the dirt uh, and just become immovable and irrational in my arguments and ridiculous in general. And these are all problems I can observe after the fact, but when I'm in it, when I when my stress is high and my frustration bucket is overflowing, I am incapable of stopping myself. And I've apologized immeasurable times to people, but so I reiterate I don't know how anyone is my friend because I tend to be a chore and I think a lot of it comes from letting everyone walk all over me for a large portion of my life and pick your uh, the 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 life lesson, the life, uh, the life advice, pick your battles, is exceedingly uh, important, and I am becoming, I used to pick my battles, and I pick no battles, I would just let everything go, I would just roll over and take it, but now, I am fighting every battle, which is equally a bad idea, so I need to you know, I need to get a better idea of when it is important to stand my ground and be like, God damn it, this is the way it is, motherfuckers. And when I just need to sit back and be like, what the fuck ever. And I'm learning. I'm getting better. But it's not great. And, um... One of my triggers... Even if I'm in a great mood, if my frustration bucket is nearly empty, if someone tells me what I think, even if it's a good thing, even if it's like, oh, you think this, instant, instant anger. And often, they aren't actually telling me what I think. I'm just perceiving them telling me what I think. But I'm trying to remember a recent example I was being frustrated with the design, the world of graphic design, and how I don't feel as though I am up to snuff. And I've discussed this at length with many other creative people, and it's pr- it's a pretty common thread 
in designers of our age and caliber where we came up through design school not the top of our class. We were mid-level designers. And so the entire time you go through school, you're being outshined by the one or two stellar students and stellar designers. And the thing is, if everyone held their themselves up to the valedictorian of their school, no one would be satisfied. But that's the thing, like, you can't, I can't not help it. I was, I graduated, I got my degree, I am certified that I am a graphic designer, but in my head I know that I can't draw as well as so-and-so, and I can't do web design as well as so-and-so, and I can't, um, I don't have the spatial, uh, the, the sense for spatial design as well as so-and-so. Like, I only measure myself against what I can't, what I'm not as good as. Um, because bad design is easy. So if I'm better than a secretary that fancies herself a graphic designer and uses mostly clip art, that isn't an accomplishment for me. I need to be better than the people who are my peers. And that sounds condescending, and probably it is, but I don't fucking care. I want to be better than my peers, and I at best see myself on par with some of my peers, if not behind. And that's what terrifies me, is because in order to, to succeed in graphic design, you need to stand out. You need to be better than your competition because, like, five years ago, some fucking magazine or newspaper put out the idea that graphic designer was the hot new career, and everyone who was, like, age 18 to 21 in that year decided to become a graphic designer, so the field is oversaturated with mid to late 20s graphic designers all about the same level. So in order to really stand out, in order to really get a career that, say, could provide for an entire family by itself, you have to be the best of the fucking best. You really need to stand out head and shoulders above the crowd. And basically... I have a shorthand when I'm complaining to my graphic designer friends, and that is, I suck. I'm awful. And they all understand that I don't mean that. That I mean, I'm not the absolute best in my field. And I can and do look up graphic designers online that are just absolutely stellar, the best of the best, and I measure myself by those standards, and I do not, and I am not up to snuff. When you say that, oh, I'm awful, oh, I suck, to other graphic designers, they get that because they feel those feelings too. They know that I don't mean I am worse than the person who fancies themselves a graphic designer and makes a logo with papyrus and gradients out the ass and shit like that. They know that. But I made the mistake of 
having this dialogue in a Facebook conversation that included both designers and non-designers. So then a non-designer got a bug up his ass and decided to tell me that I was not allowed to feel bad about this. Because I have a, quote, God-given talent that, quote, other people would die to have. And that's a little insulting because I don't consider what I have a talent. It's a skill that I earned with work and cash money, well, loan money. So I don't consider design, graphic design, web design, a talent I have. I consider it a skill that I have learned. But that's, that's semantics. And I get what he was saying, and he wasn't wrong, but I perceived him as telling me I wasn't allowed to feel the thing I was feeling and have the emotions I was emoting and think the things I was thinking, so I systematically shut him down and became a massive asshole. And, I mean, using, to the point of using stories he's told me in confidence, to make points, to uh, just basically shut him down and be like, no, you are wrong, I do suck, fuck you, go die. This is the kind of thing you have to deal with when you're my friend, when you are my good friend. If you're just an acquaintance, I'm the loveliest man. I am just, I'm friendly, tell me about your boyfriend troubles, I'm a shoulder to cry on, be my acquaintance. The minute you become my good friend, good fucking luck, because you are in for having my, my, my veins cut and sprayed in your face, just, I am a raw nerve of stress and emotions that you will witness the full gambit of in 24-hour periods. Like, once you hit that point where I am definitely, like, you know I'm your friend if sometimes you hate me. Because I am just impossible to fucking deal with sometimes. And you just have to sit back. And that's another thing. Sometimes you just gotta stand, step back away from me while I spit and fizzle out like a fucking firework, but I only get angrier when no one responds. When And Facebook has that, that fucking friend ending feature where it says if someone saw what you wrote, so I'm like, I know they saw it, why aren't they typing back? What the fuck? What the fuck? And what does that mean? Are they mad at me? Are they just fucking... Are they? Do they not fucking care that I'm having these emotions right now? Like... And, granted, these spats I have only go in like 10, 15, 20 minute periods of time. And I eventually chill out. I either get sad or I get just... Or I just get distracted by something funny on the internet and I get um, and then I'm fine and that's the thing when people see me I have absolutely no underlying um, uh, emotions left from those uh, spats usually so like people 
Uh, oh, weird. There's just porta potties out in the middle of a field. That's strange. No, nothing around them that would suggest people would need to use them. Anyway, sorry. But, like, if you run into me or speak to me after I've had one of these episodes, I genuinely have no leftover angst or anger most of the time. So, I don't know. But anyone who's remained my friend, kudos to you. Kudos to you. Because I am a taxing, stressful individual, and I would in no fucking way tolerate my own actions in another friend. No fucking way. I would not be my friend. So there's that. Like, and this is a very recent development, and I, and I, Bill helped me pinpoint it when we talked about it on the popular outcasts, which is, I just, I used to cut things out that were stressful. I'd get rid of them. But now I, due to a, a sense of commitment to the podcast network and to listeners, I, I don't, I can't, I can't justify cutting this out. And I have two, I mean, I've, I've, vocalized on this podcast that I've considered just stopping podcasting in general because it's stressing me the fuck out. And, um... But I don't want to. It's one of the first times I've become frustrated with something and not wanted to just cut it the fuck out. So that's creating these emotional outbursts that I really need to figure out how to get into control. But the thing is, as of right now, they're, they're, they're kind of a therapy to just be a dickhead for 15 minutes here and there because just internalizing the stress and makes me feel as though I have stress and I'm not being proactive about it. Which, that makes me just angry at myself. Like, why aren't you fucking doing something about it? Don't just roll over and let this happen. I don't have an answer to this. It's just fucking... Fuck. But, like, I'm taking measures... And some of those is to actively try and care less about the little things, like whether podcasts release on time or, you know, things of that nature. Um, Not trying not to care as much if people can't make it to recording sessions, which is very fucking difficult. But, you know, I'm trying to not stress it. Um, I'm trying to... When it appears that someone doesn't care anymore about podcasting, I'm trying not to jump down their throat and tell them to just fucking quit already if they don't care because I don't want to stress out over something they don't care about. Because I know that what I perceive and what is true 
are often not the same thing. Especially if I perceive it when I'm angry or when I'm frustrated. <sighs> but yeah. And I also have recently discovered that I'm not alone in a lot of my frustrations, but I am the only one who vocalizes it at every given point that it frustrates me because I have not discovered a sense of control with my frustration as I have beaten over the head in this episode. But that was because not only was I incredibly frustrated and incredibly vocal about it, I had an underlying guilt that I seemed to be the only one that cared about these issues. That I was like, am I crazy? What the fuck? Why am I the only one being bothered by these things? And I'm not going to go into specifics as to what these things are, because I probably have mentioned them before. Um, and I don't need to call anybody out. That's not what I'm here to do today. And, But I've spoken with other people on the network, and they have ex uh, expressed to me that they share a lot of my frustrations, but can control themselves like a fucking adult and don't freak out at every given opportunity, which I am getting better. But the fact that people still talk to me is a blessing. And this time frame that I'm speaking of is, hasn't been very long, maybe a month or two, where I, and like, I've, I've tended to, I tend to freak out during stress, but not at specific people about specific things. That is a recent event. Or a recent occurrence. Another thing, which also isn't healthy, that I've been kind of channeling my frustration into is some rather extreme pa passive aggressiveness, which is not healthy at all, and I need to not do that. But half of Bill's job for editing the Popular Outcast podcast has become listening for when I say shitty underhanded comments about people I know and love and editing them out <laughs> because I don't know why because I see an opportunity and I fucking take it and I don't filter myself at all ugh I'm the worst guys I'm just the worst But really, all of it comes from a passion for what I'm doing, it, and a lot of it comes from what, a shared passion for what people are doing, and a, a lot of it comes from, a lot of it boils down to me perceiving that people have given up on something they were previously passionate about, passionate about, which fucking a, like, one thing bothers me to no end and I don't know why is people giving up or not pursuing their passions because what the fuck um and like <laughs> and I don't tend to be like oh come on man you should do it because they get enough of that 
I am generally like, what the fuck are you doing? Why the fuck are you not doing this thing that you are incredibly passionate about and completely capable of? Because I guess I am one of the privileged few where I am, ca- I am doing that. I am passionate about design and web design and that is what I'm fucking doing. And it is fucking hard. And god damn it would it be easier if I was just a welder or a mason or someone who did masonry. And I didn't like, and I could just take pride in my quality of work, but I didn't, wouldn't have to be hyper competitive with my peers to make a living. Like, I don't have to be the best welder in the planet to make a living for myself and my family. I have to be a good welder. I have to take pride in my work. I'm not talking down to welders in any way. I actually have, uh, the older I get, um, I have a lot of fucking respect for, air quotes, blue-collar jobs, welders, auto body shop mechanics, um, people who do masonry, construction workers, because they have a hard fucking job. Like, my job can be difficult, but it is not hard. It is not fucking... I don't have to design websites in 110 degree weather, and I don't have to lift heavy objects to do it. Like, what I have is not physically intensive in any way. It can be mentally intensive. But, like, I recognize that I have I am have a white-collar position, and I need to remember that people are dying of heat exhaustion doing their jobs. And I'm complaining because my job has the air conditioning turned too high, so I have to wear a sweater in the summertime. So I get that. I get that I do, that no matter how much I complain, my job isn't that bad. And it gives me an immense respect for quote unquote dumb people jobs, which is a real uh, like that's the way they're often looked at in society. But and I have made that joke. To know, like, and the older I get, I'm like, no, those fucking people have really found out the way to live life because, yeah, they may not love their job. They may love their job. I don't know. Because, like, I've done welding. I'll use welding as, a, as an example. I've done welding just to help my dad out here and there, and it's not easy. Or here, it's, it's like chess. Easy to learn, hard to master. I've done welding. It was not pretty. Um, but it, you know, it, it did the job. And I understand how you could take pride in that. And doing a good, clean, solid job of welding is not an easy task and is something that deserves being proud of and deserve like taking pride in your work is so important for feeling self-actualized and that is an issue I have had recently in my job where I was doing work I wasn't proud of and that came up in my review which I talked about and they're like and they're basically like Jeff we've seen you do work that you can be proud of 
what's going on. And it basically, it boiled down to a lot of stress and becoming demoralized because I would do like hours of extra work for a client and they'd be like, what's this? I like it the way I used to have it, which in my professional opinion was terrible. So I got demoralized, basically. And I was just doing the bare minimum. I was making clients happy, but I wasn't pushing their boundaries. I wasn't doing excellent work. I was doing okay work, which I mean, my, my boss was not wrong. And having someone actually call me out on it really helped. And I was like, oh, fuck, and hey, you are so right. And I'm going to actually try to, because I can't, like, if I were doing stellar work at my job, I would love it. So that's my goal um, now is to actually step up and try and do stellar design in the work that I'm doing, even when it isn't recepted or received well by the clients. Which, that's a, uh, it's so fucking stressful to, but anyway, not what I'm talking about. Um, like, but that sense of pride in my work is something I've been lacking lately. And that has been demoralizing. And so I can, I can really appreciate someone who, like, take, gets an associate degree in welding or just gets an apprenticeship in welding, takes pride in their fucking work, does a good job and feeds their fucking family doing grueling like work that's relatively dangerous like you can burn yourself and get and blind yourself welding like and that's the thing people don't like you have to respect blue collar jobs because you could fucking kill yourself doing them there's very little I could do designing a website that would kill me other than like a fucking blood clot in my leg but I, I sit on an exercise ball, so I'm constantly moving, so that's not as big of an issue. Um, but anyway, like, I'm not going to, like, have a, a liquid metal shoot into my eye while designing a website. So, I'm saying, I don't even know what my point is. Basically, I'm trying to atone for calling welders dumb when I was younger, because they're not dumb. I, now, granted, dumb people do go into that field and dumb people go into every field and dumb people exist everywhere so there's that and like there's there's nothing is black and white there's a full spectrum and I guarantee you that there is a welder out there that is brilliant compared to me that makes me look like a slobbering fool but they've chosen that their passion is welding and god damn it they're going to be good at it and you have to respect that and basically what I'm saying is I wish I'd become a welder instead of a web designer no um although there are fucking days where I'd be like you know what I could in half of the schooling in a quarter of the schooling gotten got an associate degree in welding and been making double what I am right now, right now. Like, there are days where I'm like, why the fuck did I choose to go to eight years of school, put myself in astronomical debt, and, like, I'm barely feeding my family with that knowledge that I am proud of having, but what the fuck am I doing? Like, 
I really think that college can, can be a mistake for a lot of people. I haven't decided if the college that I've taken was a mistake, but there are days that I feel like it. Those are often the days that my college loan payments are due. But I also know that I'm this far in. I can't, like, I can't, if I could get in a time machine and convince my younger self to get a welding degree or to just get, like, an associate's in design and then teach myself the rest and work up the corporate ladder, then I'd do that. I would most likely do that. No, I would tell them to get a, I would tell myself to get an associate degree in web design, teach myself the rest, and then be fucking set. But that's not possible. Um, I don't have a time machine, so basically I have to continue on the path I've chosen because it's not a path that leads to failure. If I get my web design degree and I have two bachelor's degree, that's not not impressive. I understand that having two bachelor's degree, one in graphic design, one in web design and multimedia, that that's not something that people won't recognize. I will, that will help me stand out from my peers, but... And it will help me earn more, which will help me pay off my astronomical amount of debt eventually, but it is not a short road. It is a long, arduous road, which has lots of bills involved and crying over empty bank accounts and shit like that. It is not... It is... And unfortunately, it is not the road less traveled uh, nowadays. Lots of people are finding themselves in this situation where, because I came up in a generation that was told, if you didn't go to college, you were a worthless human being. What are you going to do? Get a fast food job? You fucking slacker? Like, that was what my generation was told. They were told that if you went into welding, you were an idiot. They were told that if you didn't get a degree um, and go to college, you weren't worthwhile. You wouldn't be able to support your family. And we were told that by a generation that didn't go to college and worked as welders and so what the fuck you know so when my kid asks what they're gonna do after college I am not gonna tell them go to college I'm gonna tell them what you're passionate about if what you're passionate about requires a degree then go to college but if it doesn't then fuck college because it is hurt far more people than it's helped recently. And I mean, granted, uh, my daughter won't see this, but maybe her daughter will, or child, or, I don't know, god-nephew, who the fuck knows if she's going to have kids, and I'm not going to pressure her into it. Maybe they'll see socialized higher education. Because, like, fucking... This isn't an issue in Australia, Scandinavia, Europe... College is paid for by taxes. And trust me, you're paying less in taxes over your lifetime than you are taking out loans. It, like, as people like, I don't want to pay for health care and for people going to college with my taxes. My taxes will be way higher. But guess what? If you sit down and you take over your lifetime all that you pay in taxes for those things, and if you were to pay for health insurance and student loans... You're going to be paying less if you're just taxed for it. And... Mm, 
anyway. And I don't have any numbers to prove that. That's just something that I, I think. <laughs> but god damn it, guys. College fucks you over more than it helps you, generally speaking, in my experience. Well, let's put it this way. I don't know anyone who isn't 50-50 on whether college was a good idea. I know far more people who are like, I made a huge mistake going to college. Um, there are a few people I know that are like, well, I don't regret going to college, but fucking A, am I kind of fucked as far as student loans go. Like, I can't, like, I can't survive out in the real world with the amount of debt I'm in. I don't know anyone who is like, yep, I'm doing just fine. The people I know like that either didn't go to college or, you know, got a degree in welding or something. Like, those are the people doing just fine right now. People in jobs that our parents told us were stupid to get. And they had our best interest in, at heart. You know, in their generation, the people who went to college, they went on to get the, ma- like the gigantic jobs and the massive degrees and the huge amounts of money. But that's not our generation because we got oversaturated. Everybody and their fucking mother has an associate's degree or a bachelor's degree, and it doesn't make you stand out anymore. Um, it doesn't guarantee you a job anymore because you're one of millions instead of one of thousands. Well, I've shouted myself into a sore throat again. Make myself some tea. Blech. What was the point of this? I don't know. I'm a bad friend. But I'm working on it. And I haven't been that bad a friend for that long. So hopefully it's just a phase I'm going through. And, uh... College is something you should really uh, think about before you go. You shouldn't just go. Follow your passion. Oh, and yeah. If you're passionate about something, try and do it. I don't... Um... I don't remember who I was talking to, but basically they were like, I just, I don't, I can't, you know, I don't know how, what to do, because I want to do this, but it, like doing that doesn't, and my, my theory was, let's wrap this all up with a nice bow, um, you don't actively be working towards your passion, even if it's very slightly, even if it's baby steps, but if you can say, okay, find a path to where you want to be. Don't set a time frame. Like, I want to be a kick-ass web designer in the Seattle area. That is my path. That is a, a, a stop in my path of life that I want to hit. And right now, in 
even if I'm only taking baby steps on that path, as long as I am moving forward on that path and not being stagnant and not moving backwards, I can consider myself successfully attempting to follow my passion. And right now, continuing school is that is me following that path. And it feels like I'm stagnant because I'm not progressing in a lot of other areas in my life. Like, I'm not progressing in getting a higher salary. I'm not progressing in getting my debt taken care of. Um, the opposite, on a, actually. But I am progressing in getting a web design degree, which is going to help me stand out and make me a better candidate to get said kick-ass web design job in Seattle. So, look at it that way. Think about your dream job. Think about something where you could be happy going to work every fucking day. Or doing what you're doing. Be that, um, you know, running a soundboard for a studio. Be that um, illustrating children's books. Be that being a stand-up comedian. Be that being a, a professional chef, um, a f- like a, a history professor, whatever it is that you're passionate about, just think of something that's realistic and think and lay out a path for it. Don't set a time frame because that's just depressing when you're not hitting time markers, but set a path. And as long as you're, you're progressing on that path, even if it's baby steps, you can consider yourself successfully following your passions. I don't know how that came out of I'm a bad friend, but whatever. Have a happy Monday. I will be seeing you folks on Wednesday, and then not again for seven days, so... This has been Jeff in Motion.